Blunt Force Podcast Radio 2024. Happy New Year. We're trying to start this one off right. My name is Christina Iglesias, and how the host going to be late for his own show? Here he is calling now. <laughs> All right, you want speaker? Podcast Radio, we are in the house, baby. Forget all that. The one thing you can't do is keep a Cuban woman waiting. Coño, Blunt Force Podcast Radio. We'll see when he gets here. It's 2024, and well, I'm in the house for right now. Hopefully, this is a button for the music. Blunt Force Podcast Radio.
Plum Force Podcast Radio. We are here, and man, it's been a while since I've been on this mic. I got a special guest here. I've been trying to get this woman here for a while. Um, I've talked about her in many of previous episodes on here, and it's finally happened in 2024. Even though I was late to the show, that's still, you know, I apologize, but man, she she put it down for me, so I, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, man, Christina Iglesias. Did I say that correctly? Hello. Yes, yes, that okay. is correct. Yeah. All right. Um, I apologize, man, yeah, if I didn't say it correctly, but you are Cuban, correct? I am Cuban, yeah. Um, here born in the United States, my parents are from Cuba, so okay. it's all good. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later, but the, the main reason the excitement I'm, I'm, that I'm glad she's here is because this woman is an archaeologist, y'all. You know, an archaeologist, man, is something like a female Indiana Jones, <laughs> and she's told me stories about things that she's found in how long that they've been around, it just baffles my mind. And I'm very excited to get her story out and get everybody else to even listen to what she got going on because this is very exciting. I would love to get anybody that I know involved into this and maybe she might be able to help anybody that's listening to try and get into that that field of, of, of craft archaeology. So welcome to the show, Christina Iglesias. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, I appreciate it, man. Uh, archaeology, now how does that even start? How is, Man. Now, were you fond of that as as growing up? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would watch like the History Channel or like Discovery stuff like that on um on TV. I almost said online on TV, <laughs> on TV as a kid, but I, I don't think it was something that I ever thought was really feasible for myself. Um, mm-hmm. In high school, like you know, I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to go to college, but it wasn't something that I really knew what I was going to do. So it, it was when I was in community college, right after um, I graduated high school. That I was like, oh, okay, you know, just taking different courses in general education. And I fell into anthropology, which is kind of like archaeology is like a, a field of, of anthropology. So there's like four fields. So if you're, you know, in anthropology, there's archaeology, there's physical archae- um, physical anthropology, which is like forensics. Uh, okay, okay. And then there's linguistics, which is like the study of language, and there's cultural anthropology, which is the study of culture. So most anthropologists from way back in the day, you know, studying different cultures, a lot of it was like old white dudes that didn't really know yeah, <laughs> what I was can, going on. I, yeah, I, I can see that. You know, it's, it's funny with the, the nature documentaries. I, I watched a lot of those now, and I always want to see one with a black person behind the mic. Uh, yeah. doing the show I'm pretty sure the people that I'm listening to are not black but I hope they are but <laughs> I would just love to see that version because I watch them and I would love to you know maybe do something where I can be the narrator of, of what because they actually be thinking what these cats be thinking Yeah, you know literally like man <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know how, how how anybody can get into that, but that field is just crazy to me, man. It's really cool, yeah. And like, um, it, it just it kind of just started with taking d- different courses and kind of figuring out, just trying to get out of community college and figure out what to do from there. I ended up taking a couple classes in anthropology. I did mm-hmm. cultural. They had an elective called like magic, witchcraft, and religion. God damn. So it was like you're looking at things like Catholicism, Christianity, but you're also looking at other people's cultures and religion and it was cool because it was opening doors of like okay you know here's another way or not another way but another lens to look at Mm -hmm. people and like there was a thing or like this concept called like ethnocentrism Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times with ethnocentrism you're kind of seeing it from your own perspective instead of putting getting out of your own shoes and saying you know there's a lot of differences here but it's important that you respect what you're what you're studying what you're looking at and respecting the culture too 
So, yeah. you know, there's some things that you may not always agree on, of course, right? We're people, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's important to to know that that's theirs. It's yeah. not yours. So when you're studying it, it's very important to be, like, respectful of that, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, especially with old school anthropologists and stuff, it, it came from, like, oh, this is very strange. This is very weird. <laughs> you know, look at what they're doing. And there was a lot of, like, they. Look at them. Look at them. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the modern stuff is really, like, kind of criticizing that. Okay. A lot of modern uh, anthropologists, archaeologists, too, are kind of like, you know, that probably wasn't right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so I bet. I it's bet important. with a lot of things. Yeah. So it's a lot of it is now, a lot of the shifts have been like, okay, so how are we going to do this, like, ethically, you know? Um, which is always big. You know, because it, it's sensitive, you know? This is somebody's life, you know? Yeah, I, I bet. Now, um, me being... The eager place, I, uh, eager person I am. When did the, now the digging part? When is that coming <laughs> about? Coming into play? I took I, yeah. Because you know, you man, I know the classes can be intense sitting in the classes, but like in the classes, do they start teaching you that in the classrooms? So findings you you said earlier, or I didn't even see myself getting into archaeology because I took like a couple classes. Like I was saying, everything starts with a couple classes. <laughs> Yeah. couple classes and you're just kind of hope so <laughs> figuring yourself out yeah so you're just figuring everything out what happened was when i transferred to cal state la there was an elective course called maya cave archaeology oh. and i was just doing it to fulfill my credits it wasn't something that i was seriously like oh this is something that i considered you know right. it wasn't and part of that class was my professor dr james brady if you take that class, you got to write weekly, like three things a week, which was pretty intensive and the amount mm. that you had to write. And based on your writing, he would select like five people to go with him on an excavation mm. in Central America to do cave archaeology. And I ended up getting selected that way because he liked how I write or how I wrote. And he chose other people that he thought that we kind of all vibe together. So it wasn't going to be like, you know, butting heads. Mm -hmm. You're out in the middle of somewhere that you've never been before with a bunch of strangers. So it was kind of nice that we had like a whole semester to get to know each other. And we all kind of went out that way. And I ended up falling in love with it. That is crazy, man. That yeah. Is, that, 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 that just sounds straight. With the, with the classes and then dealing with the people. Was a lot of black people in there? Um, No. I, I, actually, no, there was a few um, black students, but I remember a lot of them were actually in forensic anthropology, not in archaeology. Really? Um, there are, I mean, of course, there are black people in archaeology. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there are yeah, people yeah. in archaeology. Just not with Joe. It, 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 with, not with in you. my particular cohort, no. I was one of two Latinos. There was one white dude, mostly girls, and we were all like Latina. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so I okay. was Cuban. You know, we had a couple Mexican students. We had a Filipino student with us, too. Yeah. So that was really cool. It was a pretty diverse group in that respect. But at that particular year, there weren't any um, black archaeology students that were not only like in that class, yeah. but um, just in general for that year, I not really. What about in the school? Was there any black students in the school? No, nah, I was just playing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was playing around. Nah, there was a lot of black students in my school. I just wish we had more, goddammit. Yeah, yeah. But So do you even call it archaeology? What is archaeologists with my ignorant ass here? Yeah, it's archaeology. I'm an archaeologist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. Now, Central America was, was that was your first place going? Yeah, because that was uh, what we were studying in school that became like the um, 
the the region. So, you know, sometimes people come up and they're like, what do you think of like the pyramids in Egypt? I'm like, you know, honestly, I don't know. Have you been there? No, I oh, haven't okay. been. I had like my friend Brian that came to the track, mm-hmm. the one that's getting married. Um, He went with his girlfriend on like a, a trip, but he wasn't like excavating or anything. They just kind of yeah, went to travel yeah. and see I'm them. Sure yeah, I I'll never I never personally went. Um, I think it'd be really cool to go someday. But in terms of like my area of expertise, like it's not Egypt, so it's mostly. Yeah. So it's funny when people are like, "Oh yeah, like what do you think about this?" I'm like, "I think it's cool, but I truthfully do not know." <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's so. One time I remember you told me uh, that you have found some incense. Oh yeah. Now how did you know it was incense? We got it tested a lot because oh, a lot okay. of the times that you see it, it doesn't Duh. really look that much because it's so old. Duh. Like you wouldn't know. Um, you know what's crazy too? Like what was really nice about it is because, especially my first few years going out there, you're not you don't really know what a lot of the stuff that you're looking for is going to look like. Right. So I can't even imagine. <laughs> it's just... it's pretty nuts. So a lot of the times, like um, you would like look for something that you thought was important mm-hmm. and be like, you know, hey, I'm finding some stuff over here. What do you think about this? Then you get an opinion and be like, oh, yeah, like this one time, like this joke went completely over my head and I was like, oh, this rock looked interesting. I I wondered if like maybe somebody was using it to like, you know how like you carve stone or like maybe it was manipulated. So I asked my professor and he's like, oh, that's a lever, right? And I was like, what? He's like, I'm like a lever, right? So I'm like, okay, let me put in my notes. Like, that's a lever, right? He's like, no, leave it right there, like oh, as a joke. God I damn. was like, man, I hey, felt look, so dumb. I, I was gonna say, yeah, that's a stone. It ain't that stone. It's just a rock. I was gonna say, I seen it on the show. <laughs> yeah. Was, oh, yeah, he got me with yeah, that. Yeah, he one. got that's me. Funny. I was like, man, no, that's and I funny. like in my notes from like the first, I was like, leave it right. So I found like four, wow. and he's like, dude, that was a joke. Like, what is wrong that. with you? <laughs> I'm gonna use that. That was that was awesome. leave it right, and I was like, what? He's like, wow. leave it right there, like put it down. I was like, okay. He's like, no, like, and then he explained like, okay, if it's if it's like let's say a ground stone, like mm-hmm. people um people were using it to like um grind like some like if it was like acorns or some kind of grain, it's so smooth because it's been worked so much that you would feel it. That is crazy. So, it just why 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 you just sitting there explaining just remind me of all the shows that I watch when they <laughs> ex- excavate oh, those yeah. um those thick ass uh rocks actually like crystallized coming down. I don't know how these oh, people like be minerals? finding them. Yeah. Like, that's I don't crazy. Know how, I don't know I've how always wanted to find, find that's these, so cool. but when I see it on the internet and watch it in videos, I don't understand how I can catch the eye, but when they dig it, it's a big chunk that just comes out. I've never understood, because, like, you know what's funny? Like, as much as I work around rocks, I'm so bad at geology. I don't know. <laughs> I know next to nothing. And yeah, people are like, yeah, the different types. <laughs> They're like, different types of rock. I'm like, it's a rock to me. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> That is, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Now, hey, what about um, any bones? So they're always like really, especially here in the United States, um, when you're finding human remains, it's mm. really touchy, uh. especially with like NAGPRA um, for um, the Native American Repatriation Act. Right, right, right. If right. we're finding, as archaeologists, if we're finding remains, and usually we have a tribal monitor. So if you're working in the United States, um, a lot of archaeologists that get out of school in the United States go into what's called cultural resource management. That's dope. And that is, spe- specifically in California, cultural resource management, a lot of the times you're working with construction. And you're making sure that when they're constructing, they're not hitting mm-hmm. land or bones or cultural material, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of the times we have tribal monitors that are working with archaeologists to keep an eye on construction workers. Yeah. 
do construction workers like us that much? Sometimes not, because <laughs> if we find something really important, we have to stop everything. Yeah. Sometimes if it's really big, they got to move site or cancel the whole thing, which is a lot of money. So, you know, there's all that involved. So my friends that came to the track yesterday are in cultural resource management. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times they do what's called monitoring. So monitoring is just watching what they're doing. So here in the States, if you come across human remains, um, there is a lot of paperwork and process because the first one is, is this a cold case? Right, 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 right. And then, you know, because if it's like in the middle of nowhere, it could have been somebody was murdered, somebody dropped dead, which has happened, you know. And the other one is testing it to see like, hey, is this older? Is this older? Mm. And usually if it's older, you're going to find it yeah. layers down. Um, if it's on the surface, it's probably like a victim. Something happened. So, But there's a lot that goes into it where it's like, you know, especially here if you're finding human remains, it's really big. It's like, okay. Mm. And then uh, with NAGPRA, it's like being uh, not only just complicit, but being respectful and like yeah. working with NAGPRA as well. Yeah, I, that, I know that's a touchy one. Yeah, that, that can get real deep. Yeah. Uh, well, that, especially and, and here. Sensitive. Yeah. And sensitive. Absolutely, you yeah. Know. Uh, how far back that incident that you had, how far back did that date? Man, um, the incense that we found in the Maya area, in one of the sites that was uh, found, the big one was called Balamku, and it was found in um, 2018. Mm -hmm. And I was there when they found it, which was really cool. I didn't actually go inside it at all. Right. But from the photographs that were, t especially because we were students, they're like, do not put them in there. <laughs> you know, don't put them in there yet, <laughs> You know, um, which was fair. It's like, yeah. I don't want to mess anything up. Right. Um, so they found this cave that had been reported from like the 1960s, essentially. And it was kind of like mentioned, but no official report came out. So some people knew that it was around the area, but it, mm. it kind of got lost to time because mm. there's no official report. Nobody really knew what was inside it. The only thing people really knew was called it was Balamku. Some of the older archaeologists that were aware of it you know, didn't really go out searching for it because there wasn't really like any coordinates or anything. Mm. So uh, my professor, along with another archaeologist from Mexico, I guess they were looking through some paperwork and they were trying to see like, you know, it should be around here. Like we might as well try finding it and see what's up. They ended up finding it. It made National Geographic in 2019. Mm. Um, so there is like links and stuff, but it was um, it, the English translation was like Cave of the Jaguar God. My God, what were they saying? Like untouched for like, 10,000 years or you know they always pull like these big headlines yeah, and yeah. um but it was really cool so inside the cave which was like zigzaggy and you know it's funny cuz I did cave work but I don't consider myself a caver by any means like I get yeah. claustrophobic you know what I mean I'm, yeah, I I'm like anybody else just you talk about it. I, you know like just thinking about it, I'm like ooh cuz when I think about what I did, a lot of the caves that I did were really accessible in terms of oh. getting in and getting out. Walk in, you walk out. Oh, really? Okay. This one was like, no, that you had to crawl, and I was like, oh, I'm not going there. Man. <laughs> you know, like, personally, but... um, So a lot of the incense, they found um, chambers, like a large chamber in the very back of the cave, and it had a bunch of incense burners and stuff, and I think I can pull up a picture. Wow. Um, that is crazy. I mean, I just, I just can't imagine just... It just makes me just find what, what else is out there, really. Because I watch a lot of documentaries, and I can't believe they can tell what's, what happened so 10,000 years ago. This was it. So it was 1,000 years untouched. I, I went to 10,000 years. Like, <laughs> my, professor, <That's> what, <laughs> my professor's going to hear this or something. He's going to be like, what is she talking about? <laughs> um, let me see. That's, I guess now, with National Geographic, you need a subscription. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just do it really quick. I just be watching them on my phone. I, you know, maybe they old episodes, but. Uh, oh, here it goes. Yeah, Maya Ritual Cave Untouched for 1,000 Years Stunts Archaeologists. And this was, like, one of the photos. Wow. So, like, it, so a lot of these chambers are really big. And, like, what's really cool about cave archaeology and what my professor did, um, caves historically, um, and it's always been controversial because he kind of, like, laid, Dr. James Brady laid a lot of the groundwork for this in mm. the 80s and 90s, um, especially the 90s, I would say, because his dissertation came out, I think in 1989 when he did his PhD. So that's when stuff started to pick up. Hmm. But for Maya cave archaeology specifically, caves have been written off as like, you think of cavemen, right? And they're like, oh, they're habitating. They're living inside of them. And what they're, what a lot of archaeologists and, and uh, scientists are finding is like, no, people aren't living inside these because when you're finding a lot of the artifacts, they're in parts of the cave where there's no light coming in. They're all the way in the back. And what they are finding are pieces of like old carbon. And when they're dating it, it's like, okay, you're all the way back here in a part of the cave where it's very hard to breathe because it's very low oxygen. You know, by the time the air gets back there, there's not much. So when you're there, you're using it all. And it's so dark, you need a torch to see. You're not living there. Uh, and these, a lot of the times no. were, so a lot of these are ritual spaces. Is based, yeah. or ceremonial spaces yeah. you know um it's funny because there's this joke that's like oh if archaeologists don't know what it is they call it ritual but in this case it is a ceremonial space and like time and time again like if you look at like the european caves um like altamira or lascaux in france with mm-hmm. the cave art like the prehistoric cave paintings from like um i wouldn't i don't know if it would be considered like neanderthals but from prehistoric uh, cavemen and stuff um, they're like in the dark zones. So they're not in the front where you could see what you're doing. You need to get back there with torchlight and paint this. And it's like the kind of dedication and the strenuousness to have to get back there. There's a significance in doing that. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not for no reason. Wow, this is so deep. it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so for the Maya cave stuff, I guess, um, especially like when my professor was publishing, it was really dismissed because I think a lot of archaeologists are very hesitant to talk about religion because you mm. can't prove religion. But what you can prove is, I mean, archaeology is nothing without cultural anthropology. If you're talking to the Maya of the area, the Yucatec Maya that live there, and they're telling you caves are sacred, we have a history of them telling us caves are sacred, why aren't we just, why aren't we relinking the fact that they are religious to the Maya. And a lot of that has been dismissed by archaeologists that, you know, they come up with their own theories and it's like, you have people telling you what it is. It's theirs. That's their culture and their history. And you're not talking to them. So a lot of what Mm. my professor was doing was like, look at all this, um, like cosmology, Mm. religious and storytelling that the Maya have in a lot of their like uh, creation stories. And they're linked to rain coming out of caves. So what would happen when there was a drought? A lot of ritual by caves. Hmm. And there was um, one big um, study that was done by this um, archaeologist, Holly Moyes. She's at the University of Merced. And um, she worked at this cave in Belize called um, Chechem Ha. And she did this study where, like, you know those um, stalactites that hang from the top of the cave? 
Those like no. points. They're like little points. Oh, I mean, it, and you'll they, see like little edges, like daggers. yeah, little little edges. Yeah. So that's from like drip water, and and they form like these calcite things. So oh. on the bottom there's stalagmites, and on the top there's stalactites. So they kind of look like teeth inside a cave. Okay. And yeah. like a lot of times, if you I've see pictures, that. you'll see them. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. So they did. Um, I believe they like got one, and they did what's called like an isotope analysis because they're like you know, there's a lot of like um ceramic pottery incense like there was a lot of that in the caves and they're like i wonder if it correlates to the water in the region at the time so what they did was with a lot like tree rings like if you were to cut a tree if there was a thicker band there was a lot of rainwater that year if it was a thin band there's very little water so what happened was when they did the when they cut the stalactite it was a lot like a tree ring Mm -hmm. and when they did the isotope analysis the pottery, when there was a sign of drought, when the thin the rings were really thin, there was a spike in pottery. So that means they were doing more, more ceremony and ritual when there was drought to try to get more rain versus the seasons when there wasn't, mm. they didn't have to worry. So it correlated ritually as well. Wow. Yeah. You know, like, like that was the theory. Yeah. So that you can't prove it because everything's obviously like a theory and, you know, science is always changing. But that was kind of like what they said. They're like, hey, there's a correlation here. Man, so just, it's really interesting, yeah. And they just dismissed it, huh? Just and it's not that it was necessarily dismissed. A lot of people were looking at that because that was a more recent paper, and people were mm. like, "Wait a second, no, this is important." Okay. So um, I would say my professor, and he was my advisor and mentor at Cal State LA. Okay. I feel like he absolutely changed the game when it comes to really thinking about what you're studying. Uh, I and, like that. And not only just being respectful, but like, okay, we're looking at something that has been pretty much dismissed. They're not necessarily dismissed, but people people were very sure that they already knew what caves, uh, what people did in caves, and mm-hmm. it was it came to be that no, they don't really know because, you know, you're talking about oh people were living in them, not really. So really interesting stuff. <laughs> the female Indiana Jones type deal going on, man. That's that is so with the now with traveling. Um, I know we're gonna get deeper in that later on. Does that lead you to place that you've probably never been before? Probably. Yeah, so when I went to my first um, trip for excavation was in 2017, and I went to this site called La Milpa in Belize, and I think that was the first time I was like outside of the United States. My ignorant so ass. That was cool. Where's Belize at? <laughs> Belize is be- below Mexico? Yeah, so it's in Central America. It's right at the edge, like on the coast. The only reason why I know because she showed me earlier. <laughs> yeah. So right there, right there by Yucatan, like right beneath Yucatan, you have Belize. Yeah. And I was in the northern section of Belize in the Orange Walk District. Is that the only place outside the country that you've been to? No, that in uh, Mexico. I was... Um, I've never been to Mexico either. Mexico is really pretty. A lot of people go to Cancun. So if you're if you're in that part of Mexico and you in the Yucatan region, I always say drive two hours to Chichen Itza. It's worth it. Mm. It's a really pretty seafood yeah. down there. Is, is, very good. That's Maniscos, reason, that's, man. Very that's, good. That's the only reason why I want to go. <laughs> yeah, it's super it's, it's good. Get the seafood. That's super it. good. Yeah. Man, that is dope, man. That just got super me excited. Cool. Now it got me thinking about random caves. Yeah. Oh gosh, I. You know what? People that splunk and will like explore caves. Good for you. I that's yeah, not me. Nah, nah. I, I'm like I always see it as like and my professor says this too, and I feel like I got this from him, but he's like, you know, I'm a cave archaeologist, but I'm not a caver by any means. Mm. Like, you know, just like anybody else, I get claustrophobic. With this with the places that I was like um like studying and um researching a lot of the so 
specifically what I did, I actually wasn't really in large, what you know, natural caves. Like, yeah. you know, you think Mammoth Cave in Kentucky or like, I wasn't really um, studying the, the natural ones. I was studying man-made uh, caves in um, near Chichen Itza mm-hmm. and in Belize. And there's several names in Maya that they would refer to them. So like some were, some of the man-made, um, like these spaces, or we call them man-made subterranean mm-hmm. features because we're not, you know, we can't see, like, oh, it's cave-like, but it yeah. is. But we don't specifically, like we can't specifically say, you know what I mean? This is what this is. Mm-hmm. The Maya call them chotuns, which are just like, it almost looks like a constructed circle in the middle of the ground, mm-hmm. but you go inside and it's like a little, it's like a little space. And um, we were finding like old pottery and like incense, and people were able to date them. So in La Milpa, it's like super old. There was a PhD student that w- that was her project. So I remember my first uh, trip wasn't my own research. We were helping, you know, a student basically, mm-hmm. you know, complete her doctorate, and that was really cool. Um, I didn't go back to Belize afterwards. But that was kind of like my first experience, like being on a project and learning what to do and mm-hmm. helping uh, somebody else complete their research, which was really interesting. But with Chiltoons, it was like um, there's like a hole in the ground. It kind of looks like this. Like I'm pointing at this like little hole in the table. But no, it's seriously it, like the little entrance looks like a little hole like this. Mm-hmm. They're not very big. They're like 55 centimeters in diameter. So like I was able to get in and out. I was worried. I was like, are my hips gonna get stuck and I'm gonna Man, get wedged? You know, gives me constant listening. So mm. I I was able to go in and we just basically mapped a lot of the things that we did was like mapping and seeing you know how you know the layout mm-hmm. basically. And if we um it, we did like little test pits to see like okay how far does the cultural material go? So you want to see like. Obviously, the older um, the pottery or like mm-hmm. the material that you're finding, the further down it's going to be because that's going to be where, like where the first ones are. Versus stuff closer to the surface is going to be more recent. Mm-hmm. So we have to. So part of archaeology, if you're doing like a test pit or an excavation pit, you want to see how far it goes. So you don't want to miss anything and account for the cultural material. So we were looking at that. We bagged it. You know, we tagged it, and it's. It's funny because um, you were saying like, oh, yeah, Indiana Jones. I'm like, it's really not that glamorous. <laughs> a lot of it is just you're digging. You're very meticulous. If you're finding things, you don't want to damage it, which is right. big. So we have brushes, like paint brushes, and we're like this. Very tedious. Very tedious. And it's like, okay, you know, every 10, to, 10, to, every 10 centimeters, it's a new level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once we get down 10 centimeters, okay, that's all the material. Then we label it, okay, from 10 centimeters to 20 centimeters, this is a new level. We're going to see what we're going to do, what we're going to find, bag it. And then there's categories. Is is it ceramic? Is it bone? Mm. So, like, is it faunal? Is it animal bone? Or is it human? Is it, you know? So if it's human, there's a whole other process. Um, Uh You need sometimes with archaeologists, like somebody that specializes in osteology that can tell apart human and and, uh, animal bones, Mm -hmm. which is big. Usually you can tell if it's super small, you're like, that's a mouse, you know, like, but it's still important to be like, okay, so what was here, right? Just even being able it's to crazy. find a mouse yeah. bone is just, <laughs> damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, I was, man. It's like, yeah, it's very tedious. And like, what's interesting, like, I did a couple field schools here in the California deserts through mm-hmm. my campus. I did it for like a, elective units, but it was also just like fun. You right. know, you got to go camp, you do your coursework. And you're helping like grad students at Cal State LA complete their stuff because their focus was California archaeology. So what was interesting is in California, some of the sites that I saw, 
in the deserts here, you see a lot of obsidian. Mm. So that's really common here. But in Mesoamerica, obsidian is like... I'm shaking my head. No, yes, obsidian. It's like um, when lava cools very fast, it it makes a glass. And it's black. And it's it's super sharp. So some very like... um, Some hospital tools are made of obsidian because you can get really precise incisions. Oh, see, um, I didn't know that. And I watched a lot of documentaries on lava. Yeah, lava it's flow. super brittle. So obsidian, it's I've really got, pretty. That's crazy. I got very tedious in my notes. Let I me knew, see. I yeah. knew you had to be very tedious. This is how it looks like. Work. It looks like black glass. Oh, okay. I'm so seeing that. Obsidian's cool. That, yeah. They they found that when they they they, they hit it in half and crack it. Yeah. And it, that's what's inside the shiny oh, yeah. black. You'll find uh, and you'll find like so in California they call them like workshops where people are working these to make arrowheads. Yeah, and you see little chips yeah, and it's yeah. so sharp. That's what I saw on on, on, yeah. on YouTube. So I mean, you need like gloves because it's so it's glass, so it's sharp. So yep. I remember one time I didn't have gloves on. I was like going through the sand and I cut myself. I was like, ooh. So you got to be and careful. Then, yeah, I bet you them yeah. cuts is deadly because I've had metal in my hand. They're for, not fun. Uh, nah, yeah. hell no. Nah. And this is so it's mm. so brittle and so small. And you know when you break glass at home, yeah. you're like, oh man, like oh. I missed a spot. You know. So it's like it's pretty rough. But what's interesting is like back in where I was studying, if you finding obsidian wasn't as common. So if you found obsidian, it was pretty big. Mm. And the opposite was here. If you found pottery here, it was like, oh my god. That's crazy. <laughs> and over there, you saw pottery by, like, the bucket full, you oh, know, depending on, like, where at the site you were digging. And, you know, so that was really crazy to see, like, what cultural material was it abundant in different areas. and Because it, it depends on what is available to you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. The There's a lot. Thing. It's pretty cool. Well, I think when you think about the uh, – you <clears throat> say the cave thing. I think about that Richard Pryor skit. Have you seen that one when he went to the caves? No, I haven't. He went to the caves. <laughs> It was it was three black people and, and, and two white excavators and they went into the cave <laughs> and the black dude found the book and it had in the book it said black people were the, the uh black people were the craze of everything. Black people did all <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Black, and as they read it, the white men hear them oh, of course. and they just start backing up <laughs> oh, no. and then shut the door on <laughs> and leave. That's horrible. <laughs> I love Richard Pryor, that's so funny. Oh, man. Well, Hell yeah, <laughs> man. Blunt Force Podcast Radio, man. We out here with the archaeologists, man. We're going to get into the Cuban side of of, of Christina Iglesias. <laughs> Iglesias, yeah, okay. you're good. We're gonna do, I'm going to have to fix on, fix that. But yeah, no Blunt Force Podcast Radio, thank you again for taking over the show because of my late ass. <laughs> <laughs> man great scott we've discovered the fountain of all knowledge of egypt in the entire world you do you realize the importance of this moment smidgey yes sir, i do do you see the brilliance the untold years i see it sir Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Slave. Look! What is this? See. Says. Cannot. This is the elixir of life, sir. The elixir of life? The cure for all diseases. Wait. See. Wait. Give it to me. Inscription on the bottom. Give it to me. Give it. Open at other end. 
spacecraft and they walked and they named the beast of the sea and the animals of the land heavens and man in his blackness did walk the earth making medicine medicine they discovered type these were all black people got down wait a minute this ain't There's nothing here. But, 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 but. Shut up. Good heavens, time for tea, eh? What? <laughs> Blunt Force Podcast Radio, we are back, man. Welcome back with my late ass again. Us again, <laughs> I apologize, but Christina Iglesias held it down, man, Cuban style. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, now, you, the, I think you're the first person I met that's Cuban, which is, I mean, that's an awesome thing. Uh, I'm starting to learn, you know, being from California, that Cubans, Mexicans, y'all, y'all don't get along. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny because I'm finding out a lot of weird things. I mean, not that I didn't know from the West Coast. Cause I'm not from California, and I've never been around this so many Spanish speaking, Spanish speaking, so Latinos, I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't know it was. I didn't know how deep it went, and I'm just yeah. It's funny. There's a comedian that's like, there's nothing like you know hating on people that also speak Spanish. I don't know. You know, for I me, I don't to learn Spanish. I don't see it as much for myself because. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty Americanized. Like, I speak Spanish pretty pretty well. I can get around pretty well. Um, I grew. It was my first language growing up, mm-hmm. but I stopped speaking it in the house because my even though my grandparents like my my grand so my grandma uh, from my mom's side she's Argentinian mm-hmm. from South America and my grandpa from my mom's side is Cuban. My dad was from Cuba, so my mom was born here in the states, but she's Cuban or uh, Cuban Argentinian mm. and. Like, my grandparents, especially, like, my grandfather was in the Army when he moved to the United States from Cuba. So he learned how to speak English really well. So as a kid, like, he spoke to me in English. So I kind of lost speaking Spanish for a long time and then relearned it in high school because, like, I I could always get around, but I was always made fun of because they were like, you know, you're born here, you, you know, you're Cuban, you don't speak Spanish. Get the yeah, pasta, you know. That's another Get the thing. I, right. I, I ain't yeah. know that. I ain't know, man, it's, it's yeah. deep out here, y'all. Well, it's yeah, because they're, they're very much like, you know, and that goes for any Latin culture, too. They, I mean, it's very, like, cultural, and they want you to stay with your roots and your family. And I think it's important, too, and, like, with my nothing dad. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, and, like, especially with my dad, he, I think he drilled it the most. Like, he was trying to teach me salsa, and he's like, you're hopeless. Like, you have two left feet, you know. Mm. It's it's just confusing. So, it's, yeah. a, it's it's confused, but it's gotta be. That's gotta be heavy. 
you know, just to, I mean, I can understand, well, I know what, what, what I go through in life, you know, being black, but, you know, to be look, some people can look down on your own people. Like, you know, when Mexicans don't speak Spanish, they look down on them. Yeah, um, like my younger sister doesn't speak um, Spanish. Well, you know what it is? She understands it very well. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll tell her, she's like, I'm not dumb. I know exactly what you're saying. But I, you know what I think, too? Like, especially if, if you have an accent and you've been practicing a long time, there's a sense that you feel, like, super embarrassed speaking it because you get made fun of or, like, oh, you have the gringa accent, you sound American, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but at the same time, like, how are you supposed to learn it? Yeah, you exactly. Know? So it's like, for her, I'm like, I get why, but she's funny because she'll just be like, she'll come out with all the curse words. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you that's know? crazy. And, uh, that's I feel insane. like, yeah. I met this white, I know this white one with that, 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 that I work with, uh, and she speaks better Spanish probably than any she people. She probably speaks that works better than track, me. Guaranteed. And I asked her, I was like, damn, it's got to be dope when you go out, you know, speak Spanish to people. She said, I don't do it out, outside. And I don't want people to make fun of me or laugh at me. No. I was like, what the fuck kind of shit is this? I think most people appreciate the fact that you're trying. Because, like, um, I think I have a friend that, like, she likes to go to Seoul, Korea, of all places. And huh. she loves, like, the culture and the food. Like, you go to Korean barbecue. It's so good around here if you go. Um, and she's like, she just learned like through, through her app and stuff. And she would just like practice. And she has a friend that's Korean that would like teach her. And I think more people are appreciative when you try Yeah. and you try to like speak it and learn it and be respectful enough to be like, Hey, how are you? And like, say please. And thank you. And it goes, it goes deep. So it goes. So Cuban now, (laughs) again, my ignorant ass. Have you been, have you been to Cuba? Mm Mm-mm. Do you, you desire to go there? It'd be nice to go someday. Yeah. I have never been. It's funny because the two guys that were with me yesterday at Santa Anita both have been. Uh-huh. And I'm the Cuban and I haven't been yet. And, it, you know, part of it was, like, my dad passed away when I was 16. Mm. And I think he always wanted to go back. And I think a part of me was like, it'd be nice to go visit, like, where mm. he was from and see where he was from. And I think especially, he, if, I think if he was still around, I probably would have been there already. You yeah, know what I mean? Because I, I think he would have encouraged it the most, you know? I can see that. But, I mean, especially with my family, like, my grandparents, they really didn't have a desire to go back. They mm. were happy here. And I think it's different for every generation, though, because I feel like depending on, like, when they came to the United States or if they came recently, some people are like, yeah, I want to go back. I don't want to be here. You know? And it, I think it's different for every experience. So I wonder what's yeah. the state of Cuba right now. Like, what's, what's the... It's right. it's so loaded when you talk to Cubans because they're especially the old school are like why do you want to go back it's communist like why are you supporting the government and this and that and mm. you know it's a dictatorship and this and then there's some that are just like no like what do you like of course you want to go back like you know like the the communism didn't have a chance to thrive it's so heated that I'm sometimes I'm just like I no comment no comment because I you know like you piss off family you piss off friends and. At this point, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just more indifferent where I'm just like, yeah, I would want to go back. Um, does the state of affairs suck? Some, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. but also like it's where we're from. And well, it's like it's sad. And it's like it's unfortunate. I think there's corruption in every government system. It's mm-hmm. not just it's not just Cuba. You know, look at the United States. It's everywhere. Yeah, you ain't lying about you know? that. So you it's like I just never been to everyone's Cuba. guilty. <laughs> yeah, I just never I just can't remember seeing anything recent about cuba at least like what it looks like or there was a big protest during COVID or something there was a huge revolt in cuba of people that were like sick of the government control 
and so there a lot of stuff was divided here because people are like okay well you know anti-communist pro-communist there's a lot of conversation around that and like you know was it i don't know for me it's like if you haven't lived the experience there Mm -hmm. it's a different story because we're on the outside looking in exactly and also like the united states like also has not had any like trade or relations with cuba really because of the state of affairs so for me it's just like do do research and form your opinion about it but like if you want to ask me i'm no comment i just it's just so it's just so like heated and ingrained yeah i would love to go back and see where my family was from i think it'd be really cool yeah um but that's kind of like my stance on it i think like it's just it's just a very complicated history and it's like not enough for like one sitting. And even for myself, I just think there's more for me that I need to research too cuz I feel like I've been fed one thing most of my life as well, you know. Uh, I agree that with it's that. like don't go back. Why are you going to support a government that's not good to its people? And there's some that's like, well, you know, it never really had a chance to thrive because the minute you had a communist dictator then oh, you know, nobody wanted to do business with them. So like mm. how so there was a lot of like it's like very much very convoluted. So it's like, yeah, it, there's a lot. And mm-hmm. then there was revolts and revolution and government uprising. And it's just like, it's too much. Definitely, don't It makes my head that. spin. And just being Cuban too, I'm like, it is like the most heated thing you could ask sometimes. And I'm like, oh man. Uh, They're like, well, how about the state of affairs in Cuba? I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm going to drink see. some water. <laughs> like, <laughs> I see. I it's see. crazy. Yeah. You got Cuban dishes out here in California? Yeah. So, like, there's there's a couple of good Cuban restaurants. Anytime you get something from Portos, that was a Cuban bakery. Really? So, if you get something from Portos, yeah, that's Cuban bakery. I've never had, yeah. I don't think, but I've heard of it. At, like, a little, like, a, it's a right party on, at work. Yeah. Like that, right there on, around the corner from the job, right? Is it? There's one here. There's one in Downey. There's hmm. one in, the original's in Glendale. Um, but yeah, Porto's Cuban Bakery. A lot of good cakes. A lot of good pastries come from it. Oh, nah, that's, I'm, I'm thinking see it at different. the see it at the. Um, sometimes I go to the to work and in the marketing office they'll have Porto's and I'm like, really? yes. I ain't never had it. It's so good. Yeah. Is that that's like a um like a with meat like a a, a sandwich taco or something like that a Porto's the Porto's oh that's my, torta oh, okay. oh that's like a sandwich see? Porto's see? is the name of the bakery. So like um, they they do a bunch of different stuff. So like my favorite is like pastelito de guayaba. So if you like guava, it's mm. just it's like a little pastry with like guava. I Sometimes like guava they put juice. a little cheese and then the pastry with the, oh so good. That's like my favorite. Mm. And there's like meat pies. They do like the famous like potato ball, papa yeah, rellena. I, I've had that. I've had one of those. But they got one. They got one of those by uh, by Los Alamitos. Ooh, that sounds um, good. But I don't know if it's the. The real kind, though, you know. Oh, I mean, like the most people version. that do it, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't okay. discriminate. I'm like, if you can make a good meat, you know, they're like, you haven't tried my grandma's. I was like, whatever. It's 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 all good. <laughs> Cuban delicacies is, is what we're talking about. Cuban and we got, we got a Cuban delicacy in the house right now at Blunt That's Force funny. Podcast Radio. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, so now with the Cuban thing, now speaking Spanish, were you speaking Spanish as you were born? Because I remember you said you had to relearn it, which is yeah, I spoke awesome it. to me. I don't know. That was my can... first language. I spoke it. And I think like the way my mom tells it, like she took me to a park and there's these two little girls and they were speaking English and I was only mm-hmm. speaking Spanish. I couldn't understand them. So she was like, oh, like maybe I should start weaning her off and like teaching her more English. Mm-hmm. But then it just kind of, I didn't really speak Spanish again, I guess. 
I've had friends that speak Spanish that said they failed Spanish in high school. Um, you know what's funny about Spanish in high school? It's Spaniard Spanish. Uh. So there's so what was always weird is like there's so many different dialects and ways of saying things in different countries. Like there's some curse like there's some words that you just don't use in other countries. So I remember like like you know most of my friends are mexican i'm born in la mm-hmm. i don't ha- i don't know that many other cubans in los angeles so when i do see someone i'm like oh shit like very nice like cool yeah. like nice to see you like uh, what part are your parents from because usually they're all americanized they've all been born here so i'm like oh yeah where are your parents at where were your grandparents from and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah black people yeah. don't do that that's funny no, black people <laughs> don't do that at all we just say hey, what's up man <laughs> no. like as far as we get where your parents from <laughs> then, you know, then if you get it, they might ask you where your grandparents from, but nah, that's that's crazy. That's that's why I love to see about different cultures, man. Different it's cultures interesting, is, is yeah. Different. So like, uh, yeah, a lot of my friends are Mexican. I have Central American friends, um, like Guatemala, El Salvador, you know, Salvadorian and stuff. So it, like for me, it was nice just to have friends that spoke Spanish that kind of mm. helped you along the way. Yeah. So I always joke that like I think my Cuban accent is always like petering off. Mm. I'm like, I just sound American when I speak Spanish. Like, and I was speaking, and people are like, no, 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 you sound fine. I'm like, nah. If you put me in a room with Cubans in Florida, they're like, nah, man, look at her. Uh, you know, like, like she's speaking like, you know, American Spanish, and like, see, it's fine though. <laughs> that's see, that's crazy. I guess that yeah, would be you know, good old fashioned. <laughs> I guess that would be like the slang version for black people. If you speak slang onto a person that doesn't, they look at you weird. I don't know. It's just yeah, it's it's, 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 just, it's funny because they're like, oh, like. I feel like culturally I'm more Cuban because, like, I am part Argentinian, too. I just don't know all that much about it. Mm. My grandma passed away, like, in 2022, so, like, two years ago now. I forget we're in 2024, so I'm like, oh. Yeah. You know, I'm like, jeez. Yeah. The older I get, the faster it goes. Yeah. So, like, no, exactly. So, like, time flies, and, like, I I think I wish there was more I would have asked her about it. Um, I just know I, I have family in Argentina that I talk to. Hmm. We'll be on WhatsApp and be like, hey, como estas? <laughs> like, no, well, they, speak, they speak Spanish down there too? Yeah, they speak Spanish. But like, if you listen to like the different dialects of Spanish, I think one of the most distinct is Argentinian because they kind of sound Italian. So That's like, what I would think. Hola, como tu estas? And they kind of ta- sound Italian when they talk. And oh. I think it's because there's a lot of Italians that moved at one point. That's why I would, I would if I, Argentinian, I, I would have never thought Spanish. I would have thought close... Close, not fully English, but Italian. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I would never. Because like even my grandma's ancestry, there's like just a lot of Europeans in Argentina, so they look more European. That's another thing that, that uh, I've had friends. The lo- tall blonde Argentinians is like yeah. I've had friends come out here and think that some people were white, but they were really Mexican. Or, or you know, yeah, and, and, that's and it, it so it's crazy because like there are there are people from Mexico that are indigenous Mexicans, there's Afro-Mexicans, you know what I mean? There's Afro-Cubans, it's, it's different. It is deep. There's Chinese people in Mexico. Like my older sister, she's, um, so we have the same dad, mm. so she's Cuban, but her mom is Chinese-Mexican. Her grandfather was Chinese living in Mexico. That's crazy. Ancestry from China. They're, so there are people from all around. There's Cubans that are Chinese that came from China that are living in Cuba. So there's Chinese-Cubans. So like, yeah. That it's is, wild. Yeah, it is. It's not it just is. the United States where you see that. Like it's it's, it's literally everywhere. Yeah, they don't yeah. say nothing about that in school. They don't. I, I've never heard well, nothing yeah, about which that. Which is crazy. So like you know we have indigenous 
Americans here in the United States, Native Americans, you know, Indigenous Americans. So, like, you know, it's like that everywhere else. I think what's interesting is, like, um, the treatment of Indigenous peoples in different countries are, mm-hmm. is, is going to vary. So that's always something, too. Mm. Oh, man, that's crazy, man. Blunt for the Podcast Radio, we are here with the great Christina Iglesias. And we're going to get back to this music and travel because, boy, she over my brain up with the music <laughs> she listened to. I, I was... She moved up a level in my book, I told her. <laughs> so we'll get, we'll get to that. We're about to listen to some of it right now. Cool. Love for the podcast radio. Archaeology, I had to do a lot of conferences, which was the payoff for doing the research and getting funded to go. So since 2018, I've been presenting research. So the first place I went was D.C. Mm -hmm. That was really cool because I was like, oh, D.C., like, that was sick. Um, Albuquerque, I've been to Albuquerque. Recently, Chicago. Ah, That was cool. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, Chicago was really cool. Good pizza. 
Yeah, no White Castles. Do you get White? You had some White Castles. Love White. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. People were like, White Castle. I'm like, I love White. Get get off my back. I like White Castle. I, I had White Castles in Vegas <laughs> a, a couple weeks That's ago. Cool. Every time I pass by the freezer section, I'm like, it's not the same. Nah, man, I get it's I get so mad when people disappointing. even try and describe that to, to defend me, man. It. I'm like, no. Oh, yeah, right. Defend it. There you go. That's the perfect word. Defend yeah, it's it. like don't you can't defend what you have to microwave i'm sorry no nah, you nah. can't no nah, especially especially white castle especially white castle i'm like no that's just gonna be a hard and exactly oh, exactly nah. you can disrespect the game like that no because it was funny because so i went to my sister lives in ann arbor mm-hmm. so when i went to visit her there was a white castle nearby and like you want to go to white castle i'm like that's the first thing i want to do when i land so i went there and I ordered like two sliders, and I was like, "No, nah, I need more than this." So mm. I had to go back in line, <laughs> get a couple yeah, more. Yeah, you gotta come out at least you, four. You just, yeah, at, at, least, at four, least four. At least at four. At least four. It was so good. Man. Yeah, I was like, I was, I was like, I was content after that. I was like, okay, we can do whatever you want. Like, we're good. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so in Detroit, so because my sister lives in Michigan, I was able to go to Detroit. So when she graduated school, uh, her college in 2021. We made a trip out to Detroit, and I went to the Motown Museum with my mom, and wow. that was really cool. Uh, it was like it's something that I recommend to everybody that if you go wow. to Detroit or if you're in Michigan, make the drive. It's so cool. Um, Damn, that's dope. The docents are wow. awesome. Like what does it smell like in there? It smelled history. Oh, history. I asked what it smelled good like. music. <laughs> my goof ass. Yeah. It's, no, it was no, it actually smelled really good in there. It I was nice. Smelling microphones, all type right? of shit up in there. Just because you can't can you can't really touch anything in there. You can't can you? touch much. What was cool though is they showed us a lot of just like it looks like a time capsule from when Barry Gordy had started it. Mm-hmm. So you go, I mean, it's a tiny little house. All the furniture is like antique from then. You, I mean, you see the studio space. It was like in the basement. And it was just, it was bare bones. But the acoustic sound that you heard from like the Supremes and stuff wow. was from that room. So it's like an echo chamber. It was really cool. I just see the movie Temptations in no, my head No, it was so right good. Now. It was so good. Oh. And one of the cool things that um, the volunteers, like the docent was telling us was like, Marvin Gaye was was brought on to be a drummer, and it turned out he had those pipes, and they're like, oh. I saw could, Marvin yeah. Gaye singing on the couch. He was laying on the yeah, couch just singing. Just, it's so cool. It's I mean, it's so cool. And just like the history behind all the artists and stuff was crazy. The coolest um, little like kind of like history fact that they had is they had this really old vending machine. Mm-hmm. And I swear, I think it was a Baby Ruth, but... Stevie Wonder would come in as a kid, and they said because, you know, he was visually impaired. He's blind. So they say. <laughs> Barry Gordy always had a candy bar on top for him. Uh, so was the candy bar still there, those nasty-ass baby roofs? I think it? they put one on top, wow. like a new one. So they put one on. But it's, the old machine is still there. That is crazy. I can't imagine just walking up to the steps, just going up in there. and just. Yeah. I would relive every movie that I've ever seen about Motown. That's really cool. It was amazing. I love the music. I grew up listening to a lot of oldies. I didn't listen to a lot of contemporary stuff as mm-hmm. a kid. I just liked K Earth One Hundred One. I just liked it. I was like, "Oh, this mm. is cool." And I think because my parents still like listening to it, my grandparents too. I was like, "Oh, this is ah. music." You know what I mean? So it was just it was it didn't it wasn't weird to me. Ah, I got some cleanup music in the yeah. house, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, cool." So no, it was nice. So I remember, like, my dad had this, like, old Walkman Mm -hmm. that was a radio and cassette player, so I would, like, listen to it there. 
Damn. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. She busts out. She said the old Walkman the walk with the radio. Man. I know. <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the AM and FM little yep. station on there. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so what other music? Like, you know, I'm fond of the the Motown that that you in the Motown. That's I would have never saw that one coming. Um, that was cool. That 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 that's, that is dope. I haven't even been there. I would love to go there and just seeing your excitement. It was super when you cool. Was telling the story, like, super I, cool. I could damn near smell it. You know, like I said, just were they playing music when you walked in there? Yes. Um, and the different sections they show like. Um, like what song was Kinda recorded like, here or something like that? The songs that were recorded there, the, the big albums that were recorded there, wow. like the landmark albums were on the wall and behind the glass. Wow. And then, do I have pictures of is, it? Is it just no. one house? Because I, I heard that they bought the house they, next door yeah. too. So the main house is the white and blue one, the first one. Right. Then they bought a bunch more. So there's like tour packages where you could see each one. Ah, okay. Because so people don't used, know that really. Yeah. So like he used most of the houses on the street, it looks like. And then... Um, he tried to buy the whole block. The whole really. block. He tried. That's what yeah. he tried to do. So then, like, but that that main house is what we did because that's the original. So like, yeah. we had to see the original. So that was yeah. really cool. That that's was really crazy. Cool. David yeah. Ruffin got fired at that place. That's all I keep thinking. Just standing in front of that window, feel like David Ruffin, and just <laughs> walking away, running back to my car. That's crazy, man. Good it old was Motown. super cool. It was super cool. Yeah, Motown was awesome. That's crazy. Really, yeah, just good music and just like. Such a cool history, and like to see it in person was really nice. Now yeah. you told me you collect CDs and cassettes, which is really dope to me. What type of music do you have in your collection that that you collect? And then does that translate over to like uh, music from? Was uh, I don't know how you describe Cuban music? Like how would well, you describe you like salsa, that? like old school salsa? Salsa. So okay. like I always think of like um, the. Is sal- that even right to say Cuban music? That's like I no, feel like I'm Cuban saying music. black music. No, no, there is Cuban music because okay. I feel like. There's Cuban music in the sense that there's a lot of like uh, drums, okay. like con- bongos and like th- those kinds of drums, and um, because there's like Cuban like drum music, like really like Afro-Cuban music, and like that's it, really deep there too. Now, because there's a lot of African influence. Is it the same? Because we were talking about Cubans from here and being different than in Florida. You think the music that you listen to here that they listen to, you think it might be harder down there, or more? I ain't gonna say harder, but more ethnic. There's, I, I feel like there's more people that play music. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, because you, you have families and you can just like. I feel like in Cuba, like you just you have everything and you just play it there. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, it's cool when you have that experience of like, okay, bring out the stuff and like let's play and like especially for like family gatherings. Like they I would go think. hard in Florida though with that with the Cuban music in Florida. <laughs> yeah, oh, because it's what's wild is like. Because I think when you go to, like, Florida and, like, bigger cities in the States, like, you get more, like, generalized, like, oh, like, salsa. Like, I mean, everyone dances salsa. Yeah. And, like, See, I, don't, I, I like wouldn't that. even know what. That's why yeah. I was, like, Cuban music. Mambo and, like, like all like, that. Yeah. Ricky Ricardo was Cuban, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he played the bongos. I mean, um, yeah. I'm trying to name, like, what other artists? Like, a art, I don't know an artist that's Cuban. Um Pitbull. Pitbull, he's Cuban? <laughs> he's Cuban, yeah. I wanted to say that, Valley. but see, I yeah, was like, I ain't Cuban. know. I wanted to say his name, but he might have been Puerto Rican. He might, I don't Gloria, know. Gloria, Gloria Stefan. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I know. I know there's a couple. Of them. And it's Gloria Stefan had a, like a lot of salsa records. Hmm. So, but yeah, from like back in the day, I think about like Tito Puente was like a big one. Ah. So th- that was from like 70s, 60s. Okay. They would do like rumba and stuff like that. I thought like I, I, I just hear fast music coming from my like like a lot of like a yeah type 
But, like drill beats, I guess. It's too I don't fast. Know. Don't uh. let me start lying. <laughs> you know, yeah. my, my ignorant ass. Uh, but now, um, now, what made you want to start collecting cassettes? Because I miss CDs, be personally. I, yeah, I, I like commercials. CDs. CDs are fun. I really fun. miss CDs. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the big things was like, it was a couple people. So I always had vinyls was, I think, the first thing mm-hmm. that I really started collecting. I don't have like a huge, huge collection. I have like... Well, it's still significant. I have like 75 yeah. right now hey, records, shit. which is like cool. Like I'm happy. Uh, I have like a different genre. So like I have a few like old school like salsa records. Mm-hmm. I have like um, like hip hop records and um, classic rock and stuff like that mm-hmm. that I grew up listening to that I really liked. So if I see like one of my favorite albums, I'm like, I'll pick it up. Like that's really yeah. cool. So I started with that. And then I started thinking about like, after a while, like vinyls weren't as common, so then you have a lot of CDs and cassettes mm-hmm. with like really good music on them. That because like after a while, people just didn't really have vinyls that much. It made oh, a resurgence play, now. Yeah, mean, it's rare you can even play vinyls anywhere. No, so like I have a record player and I like listening, and it's nice to have a nice setup if you can have one. And my stuff dad like that. just bought another. That's one. cool. Yeah, yeah he, that's he awesome. Sure did. Yep. They're nice. Yep. Well, it sounds different. Like what the speak, it just sounds different. The same like people, thing. people are like, no. I'm like, yeah, it does. Like it, like you listen to something on Spotify, the digital format. It's different when you listen to analog. It's wow, way yes, different. It is. So like yeah. with CDs, like if because stuff is more modern with CDs, like. 80s 90s stuff mostly 90s like early 2000s mm-hmm. i'll get on cd cassettes yeah. i have a lot of my mom's old cassettes when i was really young i had a couple mm. of cassettes from the yeah. 90s i listened to as a little kid so i'm like i still have those you know stuff that i i really liked so i'll keep those so a lot of like my 80s stuff is on cassette mm-hmm. but i don't have a huge huge collection there's a really cool thrift store by my house called son of a vet i live in east l.a and he, I'm like, do I say this so that people start going there and taking like my, my loot? But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not gonna gatekeep. But so <laughs> he um, he goes to a lot of like convalescent home or not convalescent homes, um, to a lot of like old homes uh, for, with like old folks that are getting rid of their stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went to so one day he had a bunch of cassettes and there were like a bunch of like homemade mixtapes. So I just bought them. They were like fifty cents, and mm-hmm. they're so good from like the nineties. So there was like Alanis Morissette, there was like Alice in Chains. And the craziest one was like Al Green and Alice in Chains on the same cassette. I'm like, what possessed you to do this? Wow. That was crazy. So I was like, yeah. That's, that's crazy. A lot of people are, you're not the only one that's doing that. Cause I see a lot of that on the internet where they'll just show <laughs> just all their tapes stuff. that they got. And I, yeah. I just look at, I know, I know majority of all of them. And I've held majority of all of them in my hand too. And it's weird when you give a kid a tape now, they just. They're like, what? How do I play this? Yeah. They just look at it and like, yeah, well, you're gonna have to figure that one out, man. Figure it out, yeah. It, 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 but that's yeah, that's crazy. That's that's dope. That's yeah. dope. Cause my but, parents, yeah, it's so cool. My 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 parent, my dad, my uncles, they all have vinyls. I like it. And them. I want all that. I want, yeah. I want them. That'd be nice to keep. I want to take all that. That's like a golden egg I can hand down from generation. Yeah. Hopefully seriously. It just, it goes further, and they have a, like a listening room where you just listen to it and just. A lot of the old ones I had were from my grandparents. From like my grandma, she she had a couple like um, Argentinian records, like Argentinian tango. I missed the record buying. I only got a chance to enjoy that with my guy. He was a DJ, but I was more. I remember CD buying, going to stores buying CDs though. Yeah, I remember definitely buying CDs. Yeah. I definitely remember buying CDs. They came in that big-ass long rack. Yeah. And you had to use the big gun. You couldn't. (laughs) It was hard to take them. You had to take the whole rack with you then. Big ass plastic bars on it. 
Uh, I, was, yeah. I was looking for CDs earlier to, uh, earlier this week. I think nice. yesterday. Because I'm just... So it's I, fun finding good ones. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't like... I'm tired of commercials, man. You know, I just yeah. want to listen to my music and just go. You know, I don't want... You know, even Spotify playing commercials or you got to buy it. Yeah. And then, you know, my aux cable in my car works half the time so if i'm listening to some songs Mine it might out. it might click out <laughs> yeah. as i'm singing this motherfucker and find out how <laughs> off track my voice is and yeah <laughs> no like my so my car um it has a cd player it's a 2011 mm-hmm. but it's a basic model so it didn't have anything like super fancy with the it, you know i love my car but um yeah it's a cd player so i was like i might as well take advantage of this while i still have it i got a cd player newer cars don't have it no nah, I, I got i got a cd player i got yeah. a cd in right now and i'm about to switch it but yeah. I'm just looking for something where I can listen to the whole CD. That's the thing, know. too, which is another reason why I like collecting, like, physical, like, music media is because I feel like I'll be on Spotify or something, and I was just listening to an album, and all of a sudden it, it's not there anymore. And yeah. they'll just silently take it out if there's legal stuff or whatever. Mm. So unless you, like, physically own it, you don't really own it. You're just right. paying monthly to listen you can make playlists, which is nice, but you don't own it. You know what I mean? I don't want the whole album. Like, it's nice to keep a whole album and listen to the whole thing. There's a story behind it usually. You know what I mean? It tells something. I'm going to throw out some albums out there. See what, we'll see what you're working with. Uh, I'm going I'm to go hard. Purple Rain? Yeah. Prince. You got that one? Oh, I don't have that one, but it's okay. on my list. I want to find yeah. it. Ooh, that's, That'd be a great one that's to find. That's pretty much all I want, really. Purple Rain is a great yeah. album. Man. I remember, I remember my cousin holding that up when I was little, <laughs> and she had bought it because I remember she had went to the movies and everything, and I was, oh man, she's yeah, that shit was insane, man. She was yeah, I, yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday when she came running around with that album. <laughs> that album was uh, Lionel Richie. I like Lionel Richie. My mom, that was my mom's favorite Lionel Richie. She had all his albums. I don't know, I can't really them the only ones. Was he? Them, 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 that's the one you need to get. When you get Purple Rain, just yeah. let me know, because I can listen to that one all day. <laughs> yeah, that's all a great day. one. All straight from one to, to the end, the whole thing. It's but a damn, great that's album. crazy. So, what other music are you uh, are you into? With as far as like, what do you think about the music now? Um, I, it's funny because I feel like every generation's like it's it's not the same. But like honestly, like th- I mean, it's so commercial now. It yeah. just feels soulless. I'm sorry. Yeah, it ain't it's got no like point. The pop music. Uh. Look, pop music has always been pop music, but like the difference between like I don't know, early hey. '90s, late '80s to now is so. Di- it's like that's crazy. I don't know. Some Everything's people, digitized. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't, I don't like, like the music like today. It. I really don't. Um. But yeah, it don't it don't have no points to me, no sense. No, you know? I don't it, enjoy it, just, it, it just as there. much. It's yeah. annoying when I be it, and then out here, it's man, they play too. it all the time on the radio station. They play the same song on all these radio stations. It just baffles me. I don't it like just, it. It just baffles me. But that yeah. is that is insane. Man. I think you'll have like a pocket full of good artists, mm-hmm. right? In this right now, but like the majority, not so much. It's just like whatever. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, I still listen to like I don't know. I listen to like seventies. Yeah, I'm often. still listening. <laughs> I listen in high school in eighties, seventies, sixties. Yeah, pretty much my parents' music is really what I listen to. Yeah. And and Dusties. The Dusties. So, that's funny. You gotta blow the smoke. You gotta blow the dust off the forty five. <laughs> put it on the little spinner. So, but yeah, now nah, that's that's cool, man. I don't know. Hopefully, the music get a little better. I you hope know, ain't so no, too. no. There's, there's like no, no integrity. There's no love. No. You know, 
no no stepping no no groups everybody want to be solo that's the other thing too you don't really see like <laughs> like i think about like especially like i don't know like classic rock or something or like queen or yeah. like led zeppelin I, I don't really see like rock groups nope. anymore i don't yeah see there you go see, you know that's, that's or like sad. or like rap question. groups you don't nope. really see it like i nah. think about like de la soul or something Ooh, or yeah, like um, a tribe called quest and you don't really see that anymore either nah. Nah, you don't see no. that, and they were Everybody so wants good. To be solo. Yeah, Everybody, some all y'all don't need to be solo, man. Y'all sound good together. Yeah, man, it's just but I uh, hopefully it change. But I know you got some great music lined up that we've been playing, so yeah, I truly appreciate that. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for, for having me for, for, was for fun. coming in. You know, I've been wanting you to come in for a while, and thank you for finally worked out. So I, I truly, truly, yeah, truly cool. appreciate it. Yeah. We'll have to have like a Santa Anita episode with like Al or something. Yeah, and just yeah, talk about yeah. the track or something. Nah, we ain't gonna crazy. talk about the track because everybody gonna be like, "Oh, that's fucked up." You gonna say that about the track? But yeah, we that's can talk true. about it. <laughs> no, every time they're like, "Oh, you work there," I'm like, "You know what? Enough. We get it from every angle. Just shut up, please." Yeah, <laughs> like I get it. Yeah, it it, it is it, pretty. It's complicated, but I don't know. I see the people that work there too, and I'm like, they care about what they're doing. It's you know, dearly they do. Dearly, and it's just they're like, oh, it's this and that. I'm like, it's it. When you're there, it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's it's way different. It it's not as it's not this like evil thing that I think people paint it. I don't know. I don't think I've ever been there on my off day. It's um, it's an experience. I don't think <laughs> I've ever been there on my off day. I feel like how we work though i mean especially like when i do the groups and stuff it's mm-hmm. fun like i i, I, don't know. I have a blast we laugh it's hard right. yeah it's good we cry laughing hard yeah. even harder that's Sometimes what I, I have a messed up group you guys know i'm mad like you and al will be like cracking up and i'm like stomping i'm like i can't stand yeah. it I'm, like yep, i can't yep. stand it. it's like hurting cats and yeah we try and just lighten the <laughs> load try to but yeah definitely thank you man uh we're yeah, gonna be thanks. doing more because we got some skits coming up cool you know that i definitely want you to be a part of so I appreciate it. Thank you for holding it down. I'm sorry for being late. No you know, worries. Uh, we'll clean that up next time and we'll enter into the 2024 Blunt Force Podcast Radio. We're going to play one of the Cuban Queen's favorite tracks. Tonight, <laughs> I'm going to have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Good time. Just give me a call. Don't stop me now. 
Podcast Radio, 